here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, as Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. The worst of the terror was over, but still there were treachery and corruption in high places, and every day still the insatiable Madame Guillotine claimed her victims. One morning, Tony Dewhurst and I, disguised as citizens of Paris, stood among a crowd in the Rue Royale, watching the tumbrils go by to the place of execution. Beside us was a girl of 17 or so. In one of the carts, erect and fearless, stood a tall, grey-haired man. As he passed us, the girl suddenly burst into tears. <laughs> Come, little one. Why do you weep? Oh, you have forgotten your own youth, citizen. She weeps because she has a tender heart. Now save your compassion for those who deserve it, child. Holy Ted, who'd waste tears on scum like this? Well, they are not scum. Oh, yes, they are. Cheats, parasites, traitors, every one of them. Enemies of the people. No, it is not so. It is not. My father. Your father? Which one? The tall man with the gray hair? Yes. Poor child. Oh. Let's get out of here. Should I get attention to this? Good idea. Courage, little one. Come along with us. No, leave me alone. Mademoiselle, I implore you. My friend and I may be able to help. But... Uh, please. Who are you? That you will learn later. Now, come on. A good exit for the benefit of the citizenry. Plenty of tears, please. Oh. Excellent. Such a tender-hearted child. We must do something with our citizen. So what do you suggest? A good spanking. Oh, no, no, no. We must be sympathetic. Oh, perhaps a glass of wine, my Tuesday. Uh, that is the idea. Wine. We'll find an inn somewhere if we can get out of this crowd. Excuse us, citizen. Excuse us. Excuse us, if you please. We took her to our headquarters, the inn of the three wheat sheaves. And there, safe from any danger of eavesdroppers, we calmed her down, convinced her of our genuine desire to help, and at last persuaded her to tell us her story. My name is Gabrielle Le Boucher, monsieur. My mother is dead. 
And now my father. Uh, have you any brothers or sisters? No. I am an only child. Before the revolution, my father was a prosperous merchant in Paris. He had never been interested in politics. And he was not of the aristocracy. And so, when the terror came, he was left alone. But not his business, I'll warrant. Oh, no. That was taken from him in the name of the Republic. But he had been a prudent man. There were bonds and securities, money and other assets, so that we were still able to live in comfort. Until... Until what, my dear? Until Papa met that man. What man? His name is Pierre Montreux. He is a member of the Commune and also an advocate, a lawyer. Montreux, I've heard of that one many times. And not often to his advantage, from the way you say it, Tony. Never to his advantage. Continue your story, mademoiselle. Where they met, I do not know. But Papa invited Monsieur Montreux to the house. He was charming, and soon they were close friends. Monsieur Montreux said that because of his political position, he could help Papa to invest his capital with good profit. So your father entrusted him with a few securities, and when these did well, he gave him more, and so on and so on. Till finally, he was handling all your father's wealth. Why, yes. And then one day, there came a sudden crash. And your father found himself a pauper. Needless to say, Monsieur Montreux was full of regret. Still, it was obviously not his fault. I perished the thought. In fact, he'd lost most of his money, too. So they were comrades in distress, as you might say. But how do you know all this? It is an old story, my dear. As old as the hills. Surely your father must have realized he'd been duped. No, not at first. But after a while, he began to hear stories. Whispered stories. For as you know, monsieur, it is unwise to speak too loudly in Paris today. Particularly when it concerns a member of the commune. There were other people, it seemed, who also had suffered from too close a friendship with Monsieur Montreux. So what did your father do? When he was convinced that he had been defrauded, he forced away into Montreux's rooms and demanded his money back. He was thrown out. And then? Then he lodged an official complaint. With whom? With Citizen Chauvelin. <laughs> a courageous action, but uh, slightly ill-advised, I feel, eh? Slightly. Was he thrown out again? No. Citizen Chauvelin heard him with sympathy and promised to have an inquiry made. And then? Well, two days ago, the troops arrived, and Father was arrested and taken to prison. On what charge? Treason to the Republic. Justice moves swiftly in Paris these days. Yesterday, he was given the mockery of a trial with no chance to defend himself or to refute the lies they told. Yes, we know those trials. And today... Oh, Papa. Papa. No, don't cry, my dear. Tony, some wine. Certainly. There. It's over now. And you may be sure he died with courage. Here. Drink this. Thank you. Better? A little. Good. Now, a smile? Oh, monsieur. Oh, just a little one. Please. I'm, I'm sure you can if you try. Ah, splendid. Now, child... Here is what you must keep telling yourself. The past is past. You must do your best to forget. No, impossible. You think so now, but time heals many wounds. Not very original, I'm afraid, but profoundly true. The point is, uh, what are your plans? I have no plans. What of your home? It was seized yesterday, by order of Citizen Chauvelin. Clothes, personal belongings? They were taken also. Or have you any relatives or close friends? I have no one, monsieur, and nothing. I am as you see me now. Hmm. I think the best thing we can do is to send you across to England. Agreed? By far the best. We have good friends there who look after you. You will be able to start life uh, anew. No. What's that? I said no, monsieur. I shall never leave Paris till Papa's death has been avenged. 
till I have stood in the crowd, that blood-lusting crowd as I did today, and see Montreux on his way to the guillotine. Oh, that may not be so easy. Anything is possible if you devote your whole existence to you it. I understand how you feel, my dear, but uh, even so... Oh, you think I am just a silly slip of a girl who speaks wildly? No, no, by no means silly. I, I admire your spirit very much, but you must face facts. This Montreux is no easy antagonist. He is a man of influence with powerful friends. I, too, have many friends. But, but you just said... Ah, you overlook someone, monsieur. Who? Yourselves. Naturally, we are delighted you do regard us as your friends, but there is nothing powerful about us, you know. Oh, forgive me, monsieur. I was not aware the Scarlet Pimpernel was so modest. The Scarlet uh, Pimpernel? Look here, mademoiselle, you're making a grave mistake. Do you deny it? Well, I... Do you? Hmm... We must think this over, eh, Tony? We certainly must. Uh, meanwhile, mademoiselle, you'll um, do us the honor to remain here as our guest? Thank you. Oh, well, I'll arrange it at once. Landlord! Landlord! Where the devil are you? All right, all right. I'm coming on time. What's all this shouting about? Have you an unoccupied room? Oui, monsieur, one next to this. Good. You will install this young lady in it at once. Huh? See that she has every comfort... And everything she wishes. Uh, I accept all responsibility. You understand? Oui, monsieur. All right, then. Have the room prepared and let us know when it is ready. As you command, monsieur. Well, uh, that settles that. Oh, you are very kind, monsieur. Oh, not at all. Uh, just one thing. If you're going to stay with us, you must never again, under any circumstances, mention the name Scarlet Pimpernel. Is that quite clear, young lady? Yes. Oh, um... <laughs> have I said something amusing? It is just the way you call me, young lady. And what's wrong with that, Ray? Nothing, monsieur. It sounds so pompous, that's all. I? Pompous? Why, damn... <laughs> By heaven, you know, Teddy. The wench is right. <laughs> <laughs> following evening, Kent and Fuchs returned from a mission in the south and joined us at the inn. Needless to say, Gabrielle very soon became a firm favourite with us all. Tony seemed particularly busy during the next week, and then one night after supper, when we were all together... You may be interested to know I've been investigating our old friend, Advocat Montreux. That dog. What have you learned of him? Oh, quite a lot. For example, he and Chauvelin have been close friends for many years. Partners in crime, eh? So naturally, Montreux has been able to fleece his victims to his heart's content with every assurance of immunity. You've met other victims, Tony? Oh, only a few. The rest are past talking. Long past it, I'm afraid. I can assure you, Gabriel, your father is only one of many who have met their deaths through this man's duplicity. All the more reason why he should be made to suffer. Quite. Now, where does he live, Tony? Yes. Where can we find him? His address is 17 Rue des Angles. But, but that's our house. Exactly. He moved in two days ago. He appears to be most comfortably in his gun. But his servants, what have he done with them? Oh, I understand they were all dismissed and replaced by Montreux's own. All except one, the housekeeper, an elderly woman named Bernadette. Ah, dear Bernadette. She has come to no harm. Oh, as far as I can learn, ma'am. This uh, Bernadette is to be trusted, Gabriel? Oh, implicitly. Well, then the whole thing's perfectly simple. We'll get in touch with her somewhere, arrange for us, let us in quietly one night, seize Montreux, and then... And uh, then what, Kent? Yes, oh. we, we, we can't just murder the fellow in cold blood. I have an idea. Oh. We'll take him to somewhere quiet, give him his choice of weapons, 
And then the four of us will draw a lot for the privilege of shooting him or running him through, as the case may be. Well, that's one way out, I suppose. It suits me. And me. But it did not suit me. Uh, I thought you'd say that, Gabrielle. <laughs> you want him to suffer as your father did, that long ride to the guillotine. The lusting eyes of the crowd, the public humiliation. Oh, yes, yes. Well, that's all very well, you know. Poetic justice and so on. But it does complicate things. And yeah, if it's difficult, I don't see how it can be done. Not so sure. It wouldn't be easy, but uh, we could do it, you know. Oh, have you got some sort of plan in mind? Yes. It's only vague, I'm afraid, but we'd soon be able to work out the details. Oh, will I be able to play a part in it? Yes, Gabrielle. A very important part. But I must warn you, it may be dangerous. Oh, so I care for danger. I should welcome it. I should glory in it. What is this plan, Blakeney? Yes, tell us about it. Well, as I say, it's incomplete yet. But it seems to me quite practical. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel. Next day, we put into operation the plan I had formed to deal with Mortfull. It was Gabrielle herself who had unconsciously given me the key to the idea when at our first meeting she had joked over my pompousness. Now, a large, red-faced Englishman of middle age took up his abode in a fashionable hotel in the Rue Saint-Honoré. He was every Frenchman's idea of the English, fatuous, stupid, and above all, pompous. Also, he was rich, rich enough to engage the largest and most sumptuous suite in the hotel. His staff consisted of one manservant only, but he let it be known he was in need of a housemaid. By an odd coincidence, as he was leaving the hotel on his first evening there, he overheard an argument at the entrance between the concierge and a ragged girl of about 17. Be off with you now. We've nothing for you here. Oh, please, monsieur. You heard what I said. You will give the place a bad name. But if you would only listen, I monsieur. I tell you, we do not want beggars. But here. I am not a beggar, monsieur. I do not ask for charity. All I want is work. Mm, well, we've no work for the likes of you. If you're not away from here in ten seconds... Oh, come, 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 come. What's all this? Oh, 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 it's nothing, monsieur. Nothing. Didn't I tell you to go? No, no. Oh, mustn't be beastly, you know. I mean, bad form and all that. After all, she's only a child. Oh, we get them by the dozen, monsieur. I only ask for work, What's monsieur. What's that you say, Miguel? What? Work? What sort of work? Anything, monsieur. Anything at all. Uh, household chores, for instance. Washing, scrubbing, kitchen duties, that sort of thing. Anything, monsieur. Mm. Might be able to use it myself. 
Stop. Don't do it, monsieur. I know the breed. They'll stay with you one day, then steal your silver and disappear. Nonsense, nonsense. I can tell an honest face when I see one. Oh, thank you, monsieur. Let's have a look at you. Hmm. A little ragged, dirty, I'm afraid. Still, hot water, hot water, new clothes, work wonders, you know. Try to be my housemaid? Oh, yes, sir. Good, then it's a bargain. Perkins! Uh, yes, my lord. Uh, take charge of this uh, young thing, will you? Procure her some new clothes, plain and simple, of course, nothing fancy, you know. Then take her up to the suite. See that she washes, then give her a meal, then instruct her in her duties. Oh, very good, my lord. Uh, come on, you. Follow me. In the next few days, in the suite of the pompous Englishman, Lord Grantchester, there was considerable activity, most of it with quill and paper. I say, Blackney, how does it sound? Read it out. I'm instructed by His Grace to express satisfaction that you have at last managed to achieve communication with the lawyer Montreux. Good. His Grace desires that you pursue this contact with the utmost diligence, as he considers it may be of considerable value. Splendid. Uh, you better add something to suggest bribery. Oh, I've got that too. As His Grace indicated to you personally before you left London, you have carte blanche in the matter of expenditure, so long as you are satisfied any information you're able to purchase will be commensurate with cost of sale. <laughs> Couldn't be better, Tony. Yes, that should tie up very nicely with these figures in my little account book. Oh, what are they? Entertaining Citizen Montreux, 1,200 francs. The first advance to Citizen Montreux, 5,000 francs. Oh, is that enough? Uh, well, don't let's buy him too cheap. Oh, my dear fellow, it's only a first advance. Right. Uh, to second advance to Citizen Montreux, 10,000 francs. Uh, won't Chauvelin be delighted to be English or so methodical without accounts? What about the stuff for Montreux's house? Oh, I'm on the last of that now. Uh, look, how does this one appeal to you? My, um, oh, my dear, my dear Montreux. <laughs> uh, while I appreciate that the information you've given me about Chauvelin is of considerable value... I'm inclined to think the price you demand, 25,000 francs, is unconscionably high. <laughs> if you'll be prepared to reduce this by 5,000 francs, I should be most happy to do business. I have the honor to be, etc., 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 Grantchester. Excellent. Enough to damn him ten times over. <laughs> Let's hope so, anyhow. Uh, Gabrielle! Yes, monsieur? You've been in touch with Bernadette? Yes, monsieur. We talked together at the market this morning. Uh, she will do what you ask? Yes, monsieur. She has no more love than I have for Citizen Montreux. Good. Well, the documents are all ready. Can you get them to her tonight? We oui, must, She knows exactly what she has to do with them? Yes. I've explained everything. The point is, they must be hidden in some place where there's no danger of Montreux stumbling upon them by chance. But where, at the same time, they're bound to be discovered by anyone making a systematic search of the house. Well, I have told her to put them in the secret drawer in Papa's bureau. Uh, you're, you're quite sure it's not so secret that the searchers will miss it? No. I have instructed Bernadette on that point, too. If they do overlook it by any chance, she will tell them of its existence. Splendid. If all goes well, our friend Montreux should be behind bars ere long. Oh, for me, it cannot happen too soon. That evening, with the old housekeeper's help, the false but damning documents were planted. Then, next day, with rare courage, Gabrielle embarked on what we all realized was the crucial and most dangerous part of our plan. Well, what is it now? Your pardon, Citizen Chauvelin, but the young ladies. Outside. I told you I'm too busy to see anyone today. She is hardly more than a child, citizen. And she's been waiting three hours. I do not care if she's been waiting. What is it she wants of me? She says her business is private and very important. All right. Send her in. Yes, citizen. You may come in now. Oh, thank you, monsieur. Thank you. It's citizen Chauvelin? Yes, 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 yes. Sit down, child. You may go, sergeant. Yes, citizen. <clears throat> now... What is your name? Marie Falaise, Your Honor. Where do you come from? Uh, Paris, Your Honor. I, I am a good citizen of the Republic. 
Have I been... Now, never mind about that. I have much to do, so come to the point. What is this private and important business you wish to discuss? I am a person of no importance, Your Honor. A housemaid. Yes, 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 yes. Well, my master is an Englishman. Hmm? An Englishman? Uh, the Lord Grantchester, Your Honor. He has a suite in an hotel in the Rue St. Honoré. Grantchester, eh? Yes, I believe I've heard of him. A stupid fellow, I understand. Like most English. More money than sense? That is what I thought, too, at first. But now I am not so sure. What do you mean? I think he is a spy. <laughs> Nonsense, child. You are imagining things. It would be impossible for an English spy to take up residence here in the heart of Paris without me knowing all about it inside 24 hours. I only know what I see and hear, Your Honor. What do you see and hear? Well, for instance, there is his manservant, Perkins. When anyone is present, they speak as master and servant. But when they are alone... Yes? They speak as equals. Friends. Are you sure? I cannot ignore the evidence of my ears, Your Honor. What else? There have been letters. From whom? I cannot see, Your Honor. My lord keeps them in a locked box. Some come from England and some from here in Paris. And there have been people, callers on my lord. Who? Again, I cannot say. But I know an important person when I see one. And I tell you, these are important. French? Yes, Your Honor. Do you never hear their names? Oh, they are always ordinary names like Lebrun and Dubois. Mm-hmm. Assume, no doubt. I am convinced of it, Your Honor. Anything else? Well, I have seen the Lord give some of these people large sums of money. And I have seen him send the man Perkins on errands, also with large sums. And often, when I enter a room, the conversation suddenly ceases or becomes whispered so that I cannot hear. Very interesting. Hmm. Tell me, child, why do you bring this information to me? Well, I have explained. I am a loyal citizen of the Republic. Have I not done right? Yes, indeed you have. If your suspicions are proved true, you shall be amply rewarded. My own sense of duty well done will be all the reward I want, Your Honor. Well spoken, child. Assuming this Lord Granchester is, as you suspect, a spy, are you willing to assist in unmasking him? I will do anything you wish. Here are your instructions, then. You will return from here to your duty. Yes, Your Honor. And you will carry them out as though nothing were amiss. Yes, Your Honor. At midnight, you will appear at the front window of your employer's suite. If he is out, you will wave a white scarf. If he is in and there are others with him, a blue one. And if he is in and alone, a red one. You have those instructions quite clearly? Yes, Your Honor. Better well. You may go now. And remember, child, not one word or one look that may put him on his car. Have no fear. He will be there when you want him. I guarantee it. Gabrielle had done her part magnificently. The trap was baited and set, and it remained now only to be sprung. Tony was out as part of our plan, and Gabrielle and I were alone. At midnight precisely, she opened the front window and waved a red scarf. Two minutes later, the door was flung open, and I was looking into the cold and triumphant eyes of my greatest enemy. Behind him were four armed soldiers. Lord Granchester. Damn it, sir. What's the meaning of this? Well, what right do you burst in here? Well, you are under arrest. Seize him, you men. Oh, 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 oh. I demand, I demand to know the reason for, for this un un unpardonable outrage. I'll have you know, sir, I'm a British subject. And a British spy. A spy? Me? Ridiculous. Never heard such rot in my life. You weren't very clever, you know, my lord. A clever spy behaves very circumspectly in front of his circle. Well, sir, what, what, what the deuce you That talk? box you told me of, Marie. The one with the correspondence. Here it is, your honor. What? Marie? It was you. You betrayed me, you slut. After I picked you up from the streets, penniless, half-starving. 
I am a citizen of France, my lord. I came to this box, please. Oh. Unless your lordship wishes to submit to the indignity of being searched. Here is the key, your honor. I managed to oh. obtain it. You're even smarter than I thought, child. Thank you. Oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there appears to be some rather interesting documents here. I will examine them at my leisure. Take him away, your men. Come along, sir. Manage oh, quiet. Absolutely outrageous. I, I insist. I'll talk to you later, Lord Gunchester. No, I'm not allowed your name. No. Take him away. We emerged from the hotel into the darkness of the street. Myself firmly held, and Chauvelin, the box tucked under his arm, bringing up the rear. Then, out of the shadows, Tony and the others struck. I'll take this one. Go for me, fella. Go for me, Sergeant. Oh, Look out. Stand by you. Oh, you would, would you? Oh, you fat man, you fool. This for you, Solar. Oh. Oh. Take the carriage, everyone. Right. Come on, you chap. All in. Yes. Good. Let's go. Uh, you fool. You don't. You've let him go. You'll be punished for this, every man of you. I am sorry, sir. They sprang on us by surprise. Anyway, you've still got the box. Yes. I have still got the box. Scoring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. Now, Marius Goring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. journey, say I. Who is for Madame Guillotine today? Oh, a pretty bon citizen. A pretty bunch indeed. Now, uh, take that fellow there, for instance. Who is he? Mean to say you don't know him? Member of the commune, prominent lawyer, advocate Montreux. Used to be a friend of Chauvelin himself, they say. Well, that doesn't seem to have saved his neck. Well, what do you expect? He'd been spying for England. They found documents incriminating him all over the place. Even in his own household, he said. Served him right. Served him all right. Cheats, parasites, traitors, that's what they are. Enemies of the people. There he goes, Gabriel. Satisfied? You are more than satisfied, monsieur. Come, child. Let's get away from here. Our coach is waiting for Calais. Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is produced by Harry Allen Towers.